Well, hello out there in, uh, I guess, internet land. I was going to say radio land, but it doesn't work that way. Hello out there in internet land. This is Major McClure. Call me Doug or just call me. Uh, just excited to be back with Crosstalk. Uh, we had a great uh, episode last week, and uh, this episode will just blow you away. I just can't. I just. It's amazing who we have today. Uh, it's just amazing. The the. Well, I'm I'm actually talking about John. I mean, it's always good to have John. Great, yeah. Uh, John is back in his undisclosed location that we're not allowed to talk to. It's a witness protection program that we put John in to keep him safe, uh, usually from his wife, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> so, John, how's your week been? Uh, it's It's been a drag, but not like in a negative Ow. way. Okay, John works here in Augusta, so I don't know how to feel about that comment. <laughs> no, it's just it's it's been like every day's felt long and heavy. I've, I've drank so much coffee this week. And for me, that's, that's a statement because I already drink unhealthy amounts of coffee. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what it's been. So I've, I've been getting through by looking forward to this and being excited by this. Cause this always is like an hour long cup of coffee for my soul. Now I don't know how to feel about that. Cause John recently posted something on Facebook that he likes his coffee, like the death star. Yeah. Really big and able to destroy planets. Yep. So I guess talk is destroying his planets, but uh, we also have another guest with us. And I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of having a great moment because it's, uh, it's not often that I have a lot of people that still talk to me after they've known me when I was younger. And uh, <laughs> we're about to bring on, uh, this is major Cameron Henderson. Now I just want to clarify a couple things. I do realize that my firstborn son is named Cam Cameron, but he was not named after this Cameron, but I'd have been honored if he had been. Because uh, th this guy is is one of my personal heroes, just a, a great man of God, and I'm really excited here. So, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Florida, which means he has no snow, no cold weather, and no reason to complain, Major <laughs> Cameron Henderson. Yay! Apparently, hey, we need, everybody. Apparently, we need an applause track. This is just not not cool. So, um, this is Cameron Henderson. Uh, uh, what's awesome about me, Cam? We go back uh, a long ways, uh, 25 years easy uh possibly more that makes it sound like you're old man well one of us is yes uh <laughs> and so uh but uh i i've, I've known cam and, and, his, and his beautiful wife paula and they've been uh friends for years uh in fact uh some of you might not know uh cam and paula were actually officers salvation Army officers in the state of georgia in the atlanta area for a couple of years we were really honored to have them and then they left us for less greener pastures or what we call texas uh, so in Texas, I do feel bad for you, but there is life outside of Texas. And now he's suffering for Jesus in Florida. And now Cam has a really interesting job. So Cam, tell us what you do down there in Florida. Um, I am a program secretary, so I uh, try to help and encourage the officers who are out there um, doing the hard work of uh, discipleship and worship and those kinds of things, as well as social services and uh, Pathway of Hope. We have a corrections program um, that's uh, quite unique that I'm enjoying learning about. So I do statistics. Wait, uh, I don't do statistics. Yeah. I'm in charge of that department and <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and missions uh, and our uh, Center for Holiness Studies. So it's yeah, kind of a, cool it's a variety yeah. of stuff. Anyways, they, enjoy it. they have their own Center for Holiness, uh, which is kind of cool. So you guys, you guys do retreats. You do educational opportunities through that Center of Holiness, don't you? We do. We do uh, Bringle, um, Bringle uh, Holiness Institutes. And uh, the last one we did was Bringle. We called it a conference because we did it larger to see how many people would come. 
but we enjoy it as a kind of an intimate, like a 30, 30 to 35 people. Um, the, the Holiness Center is, uh, the, the rooms are kind of small-ish in order to make it like a, like a nice tight uh, place. Um, and then of course this year we had to go uh, virtual. So we did an online uh, holiness conference, uh, which we've now thrown up on YouTube. Um, well, we didn't throw it up on YouTube, but we, we put it on YouTube and um, it's really neat. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I caught some of those videos. I, I especially like the one where you and E.B. were talking uh, about some things, and uh, he's a future guest here in Crosstalk, so we're excited about that. Oh, good. If I remember correctly, uh, Colonel Jewett is one of your, one teaches in your program, doesn't he? He does. Actually, he runs uh, – yeah, he does. And uh, he is uh, doing right now for our department um, the Holiness Podcast. Um, Colonel Like, RDC, really wanted to do a pod. He loves podcasts. It's all over him. Um, I can't keep up with all this. He's like, Hey, check this out. I'm like oh, next, you know, he's great. Um, and he wanted a podcast and, uh, we had Colonel Jewett here in the uh, Florida division and, uh, he started all in his podcast once a month. He does it through, um, what's the, um, well, Chris Benjamin there in, uh, at THQ. Um, I always forget the name of it. Is it cloud? Um, anyway, uh, but it's part of their, uh, their shows, but it's terrific. I really love it. Uh, so Colonel Jewett's great. So he does uh, an hour. It's pretty powerful. You, if you listen to this first one, he's like kind of figuring out what's a podcast. He's staring at a wall and all this stuff. And he's great with a crowd, kind of like a wrong preacher. Um, but uh, he learned how to do podcasts. He's really uh, settling into it. It's tremendous. And he has study guides. So on the, on, the, on the website, you can go to it and get a study guide for your small group. The idea was you listen to it one week and then you do study guides for a week or two. And anyway. So that's the kind of thing. Enjoyable. Lots of variety and keep me busy. That's yeah. awesome. We're going to dig up that link and uh, we're going to get that posted here on Crosstalk so we can uh, we can definitely talk about that. But uh, we just recently had uh, Colonel Jewett uh, here uh, for our officers councils. So we ought to, yeah. to listen to him. And of course, he was my uh, he was my training principal of the Salvation Army Seminary. So yeah. uh, big fan of Jewett and all that kind of stuff. So, man, we're just glad to have you here in uh, such a unique ministry. So, um Thanks for joining me and John. It's an exciting time. So uh, if you're out there in Facebook land or YouTube, please hit that share button and let us know you're out there. We're also monitoring comments there on the Salvation Army Facebook page. Uh, so please feel free to post a comment or share this or like it or love it or just tell me what's wrong with it. Or let's talk about John's beard today. So if you want to put a comment about John's beard, we can have that conversation. And uh, we're, we're glad to do that. We're going to have a soul separate page to just discuss John's beard. So that'll be a different show that we're going to do. So we're going to get these things kicked off. And like we always do here in Crosstalk, we're going to pass it over to our special guest to lead us in prayer. And then we're going to get this thing kicked off. Thanks for being on Crosstalk. Welcome. This is Major Cam Henderson. Well, that's our word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for being um, um, our, our helper and our caregiver, the one we can run to. Uh, we praise you for being almighty. We praise you because you are powerful and uh, we praise you because you're always there and uh, we can trust in you. We can be confident in you. Uh, in Jesus name, we pray these things. Amen. Well, awesome. If you're following along today and if you want to follow along in your Bible, which we always encourage here at Crosstalk or look it up online, we are in Psalm 27 uh, and we're doing a whole three month series on the Psalms. Am I allowed to say Psalms in that context, John? Have we decided that yet? Yes. Uh, yes. As we've established each week, when you're referring to the whole, 
Yes. Psalms. All the Psalms, but we're only in we're talking 27. Correct. Yes. We're in Psalm 27. And that's why I keep John around because he keeps me out of trouble. Uh, and uh, if you're if you're looking for, looking for some great speakers, John just recently was our speaker this past Sunday, had a, and we had a good time with him. And then if you're in the Augusta area, join us Sunday, and we'd love for you to come by and be my wife, who is being preaching out of Hosea. So uh, I'm excited oh, about wow. that. I've had it'll be the my third week in my three week break from speaking. So I've been excited to sit back and relax and to listen to much better speakers than me. So we're <laughs> excited to be here. So we are now in Psalm 27. So please, if you're following along, uh, we we're we're going to be reading through that together and we invite you to join us. And uh, John, you want to do some reading with us and Cam, here are the rules. Basically we're reading. As soon as we get to a spot, you want to stop, just kind of throw your hands up, make a weird noise, do a dance, whatever you need to do. And we'll stop there and let, let's, let's just talk about Psalm 27. Welcome to Crosstalk. Absolutely. So uh, starting with verse one of Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. That's something. Well, let's hold there for just a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Cam. Yeah, so um, I, I like to read through like the a whole passage often, um, but this one is really neat in that it, it does break it up into like four uh, segments. You could call it five as I was looking through it and enjoying it. As I was trying to look at some of the commentaries, I see how they break it up into like two and different things. And so I felt like since there was a variety there, I could add to the variety. So anyway, so um, but in this first passage, I see, you know, uh, the psalmist, um, David, we don't really know when he wrote it. Uh, we're not really sure, um, but um, there's some hints in there, but the, the commentators don't really seem to indicate for sure like at what point in his life, but you certainly see the trouble that he's gone through. And we know his life that he went through lots of troubles. So it could be any point and it could be any point for me, you know, in, in, in my trials, which has been nothing like David, but still, you know, for me, you know, the trials. So it could be at any point in our lives that we have, have this situation. And as I was reading through it, um, I, I had a different take on how it sounded to me. And, um, and it, it caused me to think that it's, this is the uh, first section is him obviously talking to himself um, it almost seems like he's talking to somebody else. But as I read it, I thought, this is kind of David, possibly, standing in front of a mirror, almost with confident prayer, trying hard to exercise confidence, trying hard to exercise faith. Like, this is what I'm saying, and I want to believe it. I'm saying it, and I want to believe it. So it's almost like the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? You know, you almost see him wrestling with himself um, because we can have a strong faith and at the same time go, man, I'm, I'm struggling. I, I'm, I'm going to put it on. I'm going to claim it um, and, and just kind of hope and, and go anyway. But even, even when people uh, devour, come to devour me, enemies attack me, they'll stumble and fall. So I know these things. Uh, so it's like him trying to claim it, trying to state those things to to build his uh, or to uh, yeah build his own faith. 
Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even though I'm attacked, I will remain confident. And so you hear him exclaim that confidence. Um, that's not weak faith. That's just exercising faith in a time when it's really difficult. So I don't know if that, if that speaks to y'all or you're like, no way, that's totally different. That's wrong. Well, Any I, thoughts I mean, on that? We, we, we all know I'm, 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 I'm the big not a Christian. John's much holier than I am. Uh, but I always think of, when you thought about that, I always, I always think of the SNL sketch with Stuart Smalley. He stands in front of the mirror and says, you're good enough. You're special enough. And gosh darn it, people like you. So, I mean, that, that really, that, what you said, that really made me think about, yeah, there have been times when I've had to sit in front of my own mirror and kind of talk myself up or, or, or encourage myself. So, you, I mean, that makes sense to me to, to have that time because there are times when you just feel like everything's against you and the world's against you. And there's so many things going wrong, and yet there are things that are out there. God is my light, my salvation. Why am I afraid of these things? Why am I letting these things get to me? If God's going to protect mm -hmm. me, why am I shaking right now? Why am I trembling? Why? Am, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me the way you the way you responded to it, John. You had a thought. I always have a thought. Um, John has a thought face. You'll know it. Just like <laughs> I I I just I, I do see a lot of power in that perspective because. If, if anything, it's encouraging that he's facing the fact that he is afraid. It's not trying to deny that very real uh, feeling. It, it's acknowledging that it is there, but that God is better. God is still mm -hmm. good. God is, is still who God is and everything. And I think that's the important thing with that perspective is sometimes we can feel very silly for being afraid if we know God is better. Um you know, sometimes we can all in all just kind of sweep it under the rug uh, because we're Christians. We're not supposed to be afraid of anything. We're not supposed to be, you know, in, in this this trouble. We're not supposed to be overwhelmed. But, you know, there's power in, in, in that truth. There's power in acknowledging our humanity because then that only goes further to show God's goodness and holiness and everything. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that speaks very loudly, I think, um, just in these first few verses as, as a way of encouraging ourselves. Um, cause it, it doesn't, ha it's not automatic. It's, it's not just one and done. Yeah. Sometimes we have to pump ourselves up into it and, and remind ourselves. Yeah. And allow the Lord to help us with that. I, I'm always, I love the passage where the man comes to Jesus asking for help. If you believe, and he says, I do believe help me with my unbelief. You know, it's like, I, I, and, and David was very human. We tend to not idolize him, but we tend to, you know, these biblical characters, we tend to think they got it all together. They follow God. And here's David. I think here's David going, there's a crack in my armor a mile wide. I'm just trying to make it through the day, but I trust in God. I trust in God. I will remain confident. Absolutely. Um, and anyway, so I, I, I think there's something there. I, and I just enjoy those things. You know, I'm, uh, he is my light, and I'm not in the darkness. He is my light. He's my salvation. I'm not a captive. Well, you know, and just kind of claiming those things. Yeah, and, and I think in order to claim, like, we want to claim those things without acknowledging the other thing. We want the Lord to be our light and salvation, but we don't want to admit, you know, that we are afraid or that we're troubled or that we're, you know, at just at, out of the water. We're just not in in a mm -hmm. place we feel comfortable. And it, you know, we to to get to that goodness of God, we have to just be real with our our humanness. 
sometimes. And I think it's, I, I think you, you hit a nail on the head of it. It's really significant seeing this from David um, mm. to take that perspective with David, who I, I do agree kind of gets the, a lot of the glory of, we might throw a lot of those other guys out there of just like, they did a couple of good things and mostly bad things, but a lot of people don't remember the, the harder times of David's life. Um, yeah. Even he needed the Lord clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, it's a great uh, introduction to kind of where we're going, him claiming that confidence and desiring that confidence and not having opportunity to praise God for who he is. Not mm-hmm. just to say, I, I thank you for these things that you've given me, but to praise him. You are my light, not that you give me light. You are my salvation, not that you give me salvation. And so here he is praising God for these things, which I'll, we'll come to in just a minute. I want to I practice something if we can in just a bit, because I, I enjoy studying scriptures, but I, I like to help make sure that they are, um, um, that they are a change maker to us and that they cause us to do something with them. So uh, if, if you're all right with that, I'll come to it in just a minute. Okay. Um, but we're going to take an opportunity as we're going to do the second section, and then we'll back up to these first two and say, how can we praise God because of these two things? And just like a, a sentence or, or a moment. But anyway, let's go on to the next section. I mean, there's a ton there. We could spend you know, oh, yeah. days there. But anyway, uh, the second section there. And before we start reading that, one of the things that um, that I learned uh, recently in the class that I'm taking is that this, I was reminded that this book, the Psalms, was Jesus' prayer book. It was his uh, um, hymn book. When he went to worship, he would sing this. And so here is one of them where here is, you can, you can almost see Jesus thinking these things as well, as well as the same um, person was, was reminding us to say, think of the Psalms as um, as part of Jesus' life and part of Jesus' ministry. So think think of them through the lens of Jesus Christ. So that sometimes changes how we see these things. Quite interesting. Absolutely. Anyway, you might wait a minute. You might hear my dog once in a while. That's fine. Ruby is letting me know that uh, that she's wondering why I'm talking to myself. Anyway, <laughs> well, okay. Can you want to read the next section for us? Yeah, so we got uh, four through six. Yep. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I see most, seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple, for he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me with his sanctuary, uh, hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of the reach on a high rock. Uh, then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. So here in this section, this is one of my favorite verses, kind of underlined 12 times in, in the scriptures. I just enjoy it. If, if David, how many things David asked for in his life, and yet he summarizes it with this and said, one thing. Mm. If I could ask one thing, and maybe it was kind of a foxhole prayer, but regardless, this is this is him just kind of claiming or saying, this is the one thing I seek. So this section I've kind of titled longing. Um, so the first one was trying to exercise my faith. This one, longing. Can I get to God? Can I just get to his house? You know, I'm, I'm in trouble for my life. I just want to get there. 
because there is is safety. And then can I stay here? You know, uh, because that in there is not only safety, but there is 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 eternal uh, protection. And and so that's where he knows he'll find salvation. Um, any thoughts on that? As I, as I just as I just read that passage. Um, well, first first thing that I love about this is the there's a actually a worship song. Um, there's probably a few of them, but um, there's a more contemporary one that came out a few years ago that I really it's it's one of those kinds of uh, songs that's very meditative for me. And it's, it's really soul setting. And, and mm. I think it's because of like what you mentioned in this, that sentiment of, you know, boiling everything down to when, when the Lord is our want, when he is what we seek, you know, not only do we find it all, but we find even more than what we think we want or need and everything. Mm. And mm-hmm. I, I really like the contrast you made earlier in the first part of, you know, he doesn't give light. He is light. He doesn't give life. He is life and all of that. And, and, and it shows this deeper longing than just maybe some of the things that bring us to God in the first place. Um, hmm. You know, and, and clearly David's tapped into that, you know, this thing with the Lord, this is deeper. This is a little bit bigger. And, and, and it's what I want when I, when I look at everything else going on around me, what I really want is the Lord, not just something from. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go to his house, not just because I, I want stuff there. I want to yeah. go to his house because that's where he is. That's a great Absolutely. point. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I like the fact that it's not just on good days, but it's mm-hmm. on all the days. Yeah. Uh, it's not just yeah. on days when things are easier, just days when things are hard. It's it's what I like to talk. It's March 13th. I mean, yeah, we're getting some, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's on normal days that we, that we, we should want to be in God's house, regardless of what's going on in life, that we should want to spend time in God's house. So yeah. we got a question from our, from our Facebook audience. Was David thinking of the temple of Solomon or a heavenly temple? Wow. That's a good question. It's um, a great question. I mean, time-wise, not knowing when, even if he had known of the physical temple to come. I mean, it. I, I definitely think based on the surrounding context, he's longing for something bigger, just like we were just talking about. Like it's it's a little bit bigger and deeper than anything physical or tangible or um, it, it's a more lasting uh, mm-hmm. temple, a more lasting, you know, uh, relationship. And and so I, I, I think but the way we interpret that in, is indicative of the way we interpret our own longing for the Lord, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, the, the temple was built by Solomon, and so that was David's son. So we, we know he wasn't he didn't know of that temple of Solomon. He would have known the tabernacle. Um, he would have known worship centers, but he's also talking about the sanctuary. And I think you're right, John, that he has some sense that there's more. And I think, you know, the spirit of God would give him a sense of uh, or would have written some prophecy. But he is he's seeking that intimate place with God. The temple and the tabernacle are designed after, you know, the heavenly throne. Um, I, you know, so I think. Whether he saw that or like Isaiah or knew it, we don't know. But I think he's longing for something deeper, and he would have known the the, tab, the tabernacle. So we, when he talks about going back to worship and praise, um, he would have been thinking of some of those things. Mm-hmm. 
those locations. But that's a great question to clarify. Like, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about stone or are we talking about tents? What are we, you know, what, what does it look like for David in David's eye? That's a great question. I like that. Well, I mean, and, and there could be something that said that there is, there is a sense of both. Although Solomon's yeah. temple would not have been up at that point, there was a desire even in David's heart to build God's yeah. temple. But yet he was not allowed to build God's temple because of what he had gone through in his life, and that was given to his son Solomon. So it's quite possible that it, there was a longing in David's David's heart to to build that temple. He could have been thinking about that experience, but yet that was not his calling. That was not what he was chosen to do. So there could be a sense of 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 either or, or there could be a sense of both and. I guess from from a certain standpoint. Yeah, I like that. Like he could part of what he could be saying is I wanted to build it so that I could set that up. You know, this is part of that long. So there could be something there or maybe yeah. something like this prayer began that thought in his mind. I mean, as a leader, behind me, sorry. No, as a leader, you, you want to make sure that you have a, a you have a safe place for your people. So that could yeah. very well have been a, a desire in David's heart to have a a let's call it point zero, a central locating spot, a place where we we can all come together and feel together as family. So, I mean, that could have been. I mean, you mentioned a longing of his heart. Okay, this is this is this is what I see. It's going to be good for not just for me, but also for my people to provide this place of safety, this place of worship, this place where they can come and, and be in God's presence. Although we know now in our own understanding that we can be in God's presence anywhere, but mm -hmm. I mean, remember this in this culture they were. This is a very symbolic culture. This is a culture that was uh, that was built on traditions, and so th that could be a, a real need for him to have that safe place, that point zero. Uh, I, I, once again, me and pop culture, it always makes me think of, of Big Bang Theory and Sheldon, his special seat on the couch. Uh, nobody sits in my spot. That was his place of comfort. It was near the the draft for the window. It had a great light. It was near the TV, but that was where he felt safe. And if there's one thing I, I think about houses of worship. They should be places of safety. They should be places mm -hmm. where people feel welcome to come to. They should be a place where no matter what you're going through, you know that you're going to be accepted and, and, and loved when you come to a house of worship. And that's and I guess for me, that's why I always struggle when things things bad happen, when there's 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 violence at these places. It just mm -hmm. kind of robs a little bit of that safety and security that's just provided there. But maybe I'm just so we're all, all over the place. Yeah. Well, remember too in the, in that culture that there was a sacred trust. If you were a guest in someone's house, they would protect you with their entire life. That's a Middle Eastern um, culture um, that I that I think still um, um, exists today. And so here is David saying, "If I can get into God's house, He will protect me with His life," uh, which of course Jesus did. Uh, so if I can just get there and if I can just stay there. But in verses uh, five and six, um, verse five first, he says there's three things that God will do. Do you see those? What are those things? It, he will what? Conceal. Yeah. He'll keep me safe in his dwelling. Yeah. And place me out of reach. Wow. Place there me go. out of reach. Yeah. So God will, if I can get there, he will do these things. And then I will, in verse six, there's two, or depending on your translation, three, what will I do? What will I be able to do at that point? Uh, my head will be exalted above the enemies and Offer I will sacrifice. Oh, uh, yeah, mine has three. I will sacrifice shouts of joy. I'll sing praise and music to the Lord. Yeah. 
Yeah. So in that way, mine has four. Mine says, I will hold my head high above my enemies and I will offer sacrifices, shouts, uh, joy. Yeah. So there you go. So there's what God will do, what I will do if I can just get to his, um, if I can just get to his uh, uh, sanctuary. Well, so, I, I remember that. I mean, that yeah. was always for me that uh, like like when we, when I knew we were going to like my grandmother's house. I just knew there were things my grandmother was going to do for me that was going to be a connection we had. So for me, that speaks to that loving relationship that we should have with God, knowing that if we can just get there, that God's going to be there for us. He's going to support us. And I just that, that thank you for sharing. That. That's great. Yeah. So um, what are some things we can praise the Lord for in those sections? Just and maybe we'll just practice that now and just say, I praise you for. What? So not necessarily things that he does for us, but things that who he is. You might find him in that first section, but maybe in the second one, just one or two. Just let's just praise God for a second. I'm grateful for uh, his compassion, he, he, that he's compassionate, because yeah. there are times in my life that I have definitely not earned it. Yeah, deserved it. And yet he still was very lavish with me about it. So. I am constantly reminded that God's very compassionate, very graceful, very patient with Doug McClure. Yeah. And I, I praise the Lord for being my light. I, I praise the Lord for that he is light. I, I praise the Lord that he is my, my stronghold. Um, mm. You know, as, as things get turbulent, as things get crazy, or even as I get crazy, I, I'm grateful for the foundation that he is uh, in my life. Yeah. Well, so we're at um, this third section, uh, seven through 10. Um, and uh, so we, we move on. Um, yeah, we'll move on. I had a thought on six, but I think it's time to move on. Um, well, exactly now it's time for a commercial break. No, that's what I was <laughs> I was yeah. pausing for that. Yeah, of course you. <laughs> You're a consummate professional. No, this is our mid-break time, so this is the time we get to, to get to know our guest. So we have a question of the week. So it's a funny question we have. It's a would you rather, and we're going to share that with you, and then everybody gets a chance to answer, and then we usually make fun of John for his responses. But uh, but before that, uh, we uh, I, I did uh, – that holiness podcast, we are going to get a link up there about what something's coming out of the Florida division. So uh, we're going to share that with our crosstalk audiences and we're just glad that there's actually um, a great link to uh, Southern spirit online that has uh, podcast information and um, regular blog updates, as well as the original information for that um, holiness conference uh, that was aired yeah. recently. There so. you go. So we're on top of it. So we're already promoting, but so here's our question of the week. Would you rather put ketchup or ranch dressing on everything you eat? Now, remember, gentlemen, keep it civil. Uh, <laughs> arguments. Do not bring your. Do, please do not bring your political affiliations into the conversation. Would you rather put ketchup or ranch dressing on everything that you eat? And if you're at home, please feel free to answer because we'd love to hear your responses. But we'll start as appropriately with our guest, Major Cam Henderson. Would you rather put ketchup or ranch dressing on everything you eat? So I've grown and I have matured and you'll be glad to know that I have um, strengthened in my resolve and my taste buds have changed. And I used to always put ketchup and couldn't stand ranch dressing. Now I still like ketchup, 
but I love ranch on fries. I've learned to eat it on uh, like dip it in pizza. Um, but on everything that would be disgusting. Um, uh, in fact, at, at, um, Arby's, I go get the turkey bacon and ranch and get it without the ranch and add the mayonnaise. So I don't know, but if I had to make a choice, um, I'm going ranch dressing on everything that I eat and I'll probably eat fewer things. All right, John, I already know what you're going to say, but bring it and let's so, go let's so, get it out there. For, first of all, the best sauce is the Lord's sauce. That's Chick-fil-A. Thank oh, you. Oh, of course. Thank um, you very much for that plug. You don't even need it, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, I have to do ketchup. I hate ranch. <laughs> no, no, his, his thing with ketchup is almost unholy. It's uh, it's a common argument. Like a ketchup fiesta. <laughs> there seems to be a song called that uh, that uh, us kids sing now and then or did about five years ago. Anyway, go ahead. But yeah, our, it's a constant argument in our household because my wife loves ranch on uh, almost literally everything. Um, it's unhealthy. But um, yeah, I can deal with ketchup at least. It's not my favorite condiment, but I can deal with that more. Well, I mean, and, and so so here I am uh, trying to play the peacemaker. Uh, I'm okay with ranch, but it has to be certain kinds of ranch. Um, I have I have grown to know that not all ranch is created equal. Oh, there are, true. There are some brands of ranch that really border more on uh, nasty sour milk with seasoning in it. Now, <laughs> Hidden Valley, you got me there. Homemade at home, you got me there. But some of the some of the other brands, I'm just not feeling it. Uh, I, I do enjoy ketchup at times, but it's a very it's a very localized experience. Um, for me, it's only on French fries and only on certain kinds of French fries. Uh, you know, particularly nope. everything you eat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I I, I just I, I can't go down that road. I just can't. If I had to choose with that mindset, it would have to be ranch, only because I can only tolerate ketchup on so many different things. I so didn't know I, we were going to describe some, but the best ranch I think is Outback. Oh, I'm Outback with Ranch yeah. has a little bit of that spice in there. Yeah, it's that, good. It, it's, and we're learning stuff about Cam Henderson all day long, and that, <laughs> that's what this middle break time is for—to learn about our special guest. So there are good ranches and there are bad ranches. Now, ketchup, for the most part, at least my own experience, ketchup's pretty much universal across the across the the way. There's not a lot of variation in ketchup, though. If you get down the Heinz and Hunts conversation, here we go, John. Well, no, uh -uh. actually, I was going to say it, the only reason I would say Heinz is because if I, if I could do ketchup, I would definitely bring back the colored ketchups from back in the day because that at least make it What's more that? palatable. So like, back in the day, they used to have green. When you say back in, when you say back in the day, it's totally different from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's context, in, John. I can when it's twenty one years ago, I can say that though. <laughs> But they purple, green, blue. I mean, they had every color you could want. I think it. I think it was for like Shrek or something. All right, um, I got a caveat. At least convince myself it's something else than tomato blood. In that can. I got that. a caveat to uh, to ketchup also, and that is they're not all the same. You know, go back to my Texas roots. You know, because I'm a Texan. All right, been, what four years? Um, <laughs> Whataburger peppered ketchup. You ever had that? You oh ever my god! That? No, I've never that had that. Amazing. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've gone everything from peppered ketchup to uh, spicy ranch out of Outback. So uh, the questions in front of us, would you rather put ketchup or ranch dressing on everything you eat? Please feel free to share your comments on uh, Facebook or YouTube. We'd love to hear about you and about what's going on. As always, remember to please share this broadcast uh, because we like – oh, we got an answer. 
we got Patricia Gillum says Heinz is the slowest. Wow. Good call there. It takes a while. You got to hit it right there on that 57 uh, to get it coming out there. So, um, so make sure you share your thoughts with us. As always, please share Crosstalk Broadcast wherever you can. And join us every night, every Thursday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, we love having you here. And uh, we have some great uh, some great guests coming up. We have a great guest this week, and we are talking about Psalm 27. So that's what I call my bridging comment as we get back to our, our text. And uh, we're here with Major Cam Henderson discussing Psalm 27. And I believe, as you mentioned before, you left off at verse 7. So if you guys don't mind, I haven't read tonight yet, so I would love to do a little reading with us. So here we are, and I'm going to give you 7 through 10. And if we need to break it down from there, we can do that. But here we go, 7 through 10. And for those listening at home, I'll be reading from New Living Translation because I've recently switched Bibles this year. So it might be slightly different than what you're reading at home, but don't worry. It's still the word of God. Here we go. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Do not, don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandoned me, Lord, the mm. Lord will hold me close. Yeah. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, and this is actually where the prayer begins. So the psalm is not a whole prayer. The psalm is, you know, the beginning part we just talked about. And now the prayer starts. So um, and and I, I called this section, I'm uh, fearfully coming to God. Um, because here he begins this prayer and he begins by saying, don't kill me, God, basically. Um, so here's David really um, uh, anxious about approaching God. Please hear me as I pray. Be merciful uh, and answer me. So he's asking not only for God's mercy to, you know, uh, answer his prayer request, but also be merciful to me as I come. And then he almost has to wrestle with himself in verse eight. He almost has to explain to God why he's coming. Do you see that? He's like, my heart heard you say, come and talk with me. And so my response is, Lord, I'm coming. So it's almost like having to kind of explain why he's coming or maybe in relief. Thank you. My heart heard you saying come. And so I'm coming. But there's something there. It's just kind of interesting why that has to even be there. But in his mind, he's almost having to work up to um, speaking to the Lord and and and, and coming into his presence uh, and just hoping that as he does, he's not rejected or punished or worse. You know, don't turn your back on me. Don't reject your servant in anger. You've always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. You know, and again, he ends with confidence. I know, I know all that stuff. I know, but I know that the Lord will hold me close. Even if everyone else rejects me, the Lord will hold me close. So here is, here is, here he is. Fear. You remember that in Isaiah when Isaiah found himself in the presence of the Lord, like, oh no, it's about to get ugly here because I can't stand in the presence of the Lord. Here's David saying, I'm approaching you because you invited me. And yet I'm very aware that I don't belong, or that I don't, I'm not worthy of being in your presence. I'm only here because you said, come, right? We're okay, right? You know? Anyway, so just some thoughts in there. What do you think on some of that? There's, de there's definitely this gravitas to it in, in, his approach to the Lord. And that's what I like about the, he specifically says, my heart heard, 
you know, it, it's mm-hmm. that gut feeling, mm. um, you know, maybe people have felt it when like they have done something wrong or, or they just haven't done something, um, the right way. And either they're coming to ask for help or they're coming to admit something. And it's just that, I know this is the right thing, but I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And, you know, David is human. He, he, like any of us would have reason to feel that way. But, but like you said, it's, 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 it's just this reverence and in this, uh, this mighty feeling as he comes before the Lord, um, you know, and, and it's, it goes along well with, with the first part with the, you know, his, his kind of motivating, uh, self-motivating speech earlier of, you know, why should I fear the, you know, um, the Lord is on my side, like all of this, you know, you really do start to see that, um, he's building up towards this approach to God. And, um, even if, even if nothing horrible happened to motivate this, you know, there, there's some merit in, in recognizing this and, and in our need for it in our relationship and approach to God. Yeah. And I think sometimes, and I almost don't want to even make it about like, so he did something wrong. That's why he feels this way. Cause really we should have that reverence and we should have that, that um, recognition no matter what, when we approach God, uh, you know, we should, we should have that, um, you know, gratefulness and, and love for the Lord when we approach him, even if we don't need anything, or even if we are, you know, perfectly at peace. So um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's definitely interesting. I like that comment from Patricia too, that reminding that you can't approach God unless you're invited to approach God. That's a great thought. She's a pretty mm-hmm. smart lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, for, for me, uh, uh, I, I am, I'm a big fan of do not turn your back on me. Uh, hmm. For some reason uh, that speaks to me in a, in a very personal way. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not a surprise to most people. I'm a, I, I'm a communicator. I love talking to people. And one of the most frustrating things is when I'm talking the back of somebody's head or sometimes when I'm talking to a brick wall, it doesn't matter what I'm saying, nothing getting through. Uh, the idea, I can almost feel David's pain here about, I, 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 I want to be face to face. I want to have this time together. I want to have this connection. God, I, I, I don't want you to turn away from me. I, I don't want to talk to the back of your head. I want to I want to have that kind of relationship. And you can just feel that passion in there. You know, if I've done something wrong, Lord, then 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 tell me about it, and and we're gonna get that fixed. But I mean, you know, just just don't leave me in, in the lurch here because I need that connection, that relationship. That just speaks to me because there are times in my own life when I feel like just I can feel really disconnected, and and uh, I can feel like I'm uh, I'm I'm just not talking to anybody, and and I really really try to be present in those relationships, any relationships that I have in my own life. There's something that we can really um, take from this and put into practice in our own lives or those who are listening. And that is, if you've ever um, been confronted with your sin or you realize what I just did is very wrong and then been afraid to go to God or just not wanting to see him right now, you know, just um, and, and this speaks to that, you know, that David saying, please have mercy on me you call me to come to you, I'm still going to come, even though I'm aware of my sin, even though I'm aware of my frailties and my flesh that can't meet your standards, I'm still going to come to you. And the confidence to know that you will not, that you will hold me close, not just not reject me, 
okay, what do you want? You're here. I won't kill you. Um, but hold me close. You know, just what a, what a powerful God and yet what a loving and embracing God he is. Um, and, and just even in the face of someone who has sin in their lives, um, just, just powerful. Absolutely. And I also want to say, yeah. I'm going to break in right yeah. now. Uh, we're getting some personal comments on my personal Facebook page. I'm not ignoring you folks. We're just experiencing some streamyard technical difficulties as far as putting up comments from my personal Facebook page. So we're going to have that fixed for next week. So I'm trying to respond to those as you're putting them up there, but I apologize for the inconvenience, but uh, just letting you know out there, we are listening and we are responding just back to our regularly scheduled program. Well, in, in the Chronicles of Narnia, in uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, one of the scenes that I love is uh, when they are learning from Mr. and Mrs. Beaver about this, about this Aslan, who they don't know anything about. And um, they're learning about him, and they find out that um, Aslan uh, is not a man. Um, Aslan, a man, uh, Mr. Beaver says, certainly not. I'd say he's the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who the king of beasts is? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, says Susan, I thought he'd be a man. Is he quite safe? I shall be rather nervous about meeting a lion. Mrs. Beaver says, that you will, dearie, and, and no mistake. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or just silly. <laughs> then, and Lucy says, then is he safe? Safe, says Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver just told you? Who says anything about being safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. Mm. He's the king, I tell you. Well, I'm longing to see him, says Peter even if I do feel frightened when it comes to the point. There's David's psalm in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, I have no idea what I'm going to confront and I know I'll be terrified, but I got to go there anyway. So I, I just love um, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah so, here, yeah. so here we are. We've, we've kind of him, seen him first kind of building himself, trying to build up his faith and exercise his faith and, and then longing for that place to, to get to there. And almost almost like approaching the throne of grace, but not going in yet, kind of going, okay, okay, if I can just, you know, whatever, I don't know. But just trying to think that through and then finally sharing his prayer in, in humility and in, and in almost anxiety and not anxiety, but just fear, knowing that I, I don't deserve, but I'm called in, in, into there. And so I will. And so we get now to 13, 11 to 13. Um, is it my turn to read or you want to read John or, or what? Um, I can read. Um, so verse 11, teach me your way, Lord, lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of, of my foes for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yeah. David, um, David in his Psalms over and over again seeks the right path. Um, I'm, I'm in the New Living Translation too that I really enjoy. Um, and over and over again, you can just find the right path, right path, right path. It's very interesting um, to, to look for. 
And he's not necessarily talking about the law. He's talking about, I want to know the way to live. I, I want to just seek the path God is God is giving me part of that light. But so teach me how to live in, in, in Lord, lead me along the right path. Don't let my feet go uh, one way or, or another. So it's really interesting here he is, now his faith, is, he's growing and here is confident prayer because he's finally saying, this is what I need, Lord. I'm approaching you and my, my boldness is, has, has grown, not because I'm anything, but just because I'm growing in confidence um, in, in you or, or anyway, that, that building up. Teach me, guide me, and, and, uh, and I know you will save me um, I, and, and that kind of thing. So here we are um, in this section, just reading again about his confidence in the Lord, his determined confidence, his prayer requesting what he needed, those things, and also his his prayer about his enemies. Don't let me fall into their hands. And here's the thing. They, they're accusing me of things I've never done. Back in that day, um, you were before a judge and you had accusers. There was no attorneys, those kinds of things as much. It was, it was based on the accusers. So if accusers um, accused you of things and if there were two giving testimony, you were – uh, good luck to you. You know, um, you had to depend on God because you had no other recourse. Two accusers, two witnesses um, sealed the deal. Deal. I don't know how strict that was. I don't. I don't know all that, but I, we know that from other places in Scripture, and we know it from history. So here, David's saying, "I've got accusers accusing me of lies, and I have no recourse. And so, God, I need you to be my uh, my attorney." I need you to be my um, my my recourse and, and save me from that. Um, threatening me with violence, they are, and, and um, accusing me of things I've never done. Anyway, what do you think on, on that section? Any any further thoughts on that? I thought it was interesting you met, mentioned that, you know, he's not necessarily talking about the law here because as king, he would have had a benefit not many normal folks had of having direct and for, you know, constant access um, to the word, or at least mm. what existed at that point. Um, and yet here he is, despite having that, it, you know, not so much to say that we can't find ideas of, of the right path in God's word, but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's more than reciting scripture. It's more than not washing your hands a certain way or hmm. doing a certain practice. It's, it's a livelihood. And, and clearly if, if his life is being challenged and if his leadership and his character is being challenged, he needs that. He needs something deeper than just rules to obey. And, and that's ultimately what the word and what the law all points to. It, it, it it's, hmm. It's to God. It's a, it's to His holiness, and that only through Him do we have any hope of holiness, um, any glimpse of it, really. Um, and even at that, we're not perfect. And so, and I, I think that's just uh, an interesting call out because of just the implications it has for our own relationship and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. He talks about um, that. I, I know his confidence is in the Lord, I will see in verse 13, I will see his goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Mm. Um, I, I, he would have known Job, uh, not known Job, but he would have known of Job. 
Yeah. And uh, Job, and you remember in Job 19, he talks about confidence. I know that my Redeemer lives. Um, I know that my Redeemer lives. And it might be after I'm gone and my, my bones decay, but I will see the Lord. So Job's confidence, David turns it a bit. I don't know if he had given a sense from God or if he just says, I know I'll see my, uh, what, how does he put it? I'll know I'll see the Lord's goodness right here in the land of the living. And so um, he, he claims that. I love that verse as a verse about holiness. Mm. You know, uh, how many people talk about it, especially in other faith traditions, but even in our own tradition, who really don't understand holiness yet. Eventually, when I'm in heaven, then I'll see holiness. Um, that's not what God says. And right here is, a, is testimony that I'll see his goodness. I'll see his holiness right here in the land of the living. He will save me. And, and I believe that's that's a full salvation. Save me right here in the land of the of the living. And um, so I want to keep encouraging people that holiness is achievable right here, um, not because um, I've been good, but because it's a gift from God. And uh, so we just I just praise God for that, that wonderful gift. Um, how could it be any better? Anyway, so any other thoughts on that? Um, I was just going to say we have a small group uh, that meets weekly that um, and we were just talking about prayer the other day. And that idea that, that, you know, sometimes we do it in a sense that it's like this eventuality. It's like this, you know, other side thing. And in and reality, things are, even if it's not the way we think, things are accomplishable and, and evident in our life now. And, and I think that's this and that's, that's what you're, you're kind of digging into on, on the idea of holiness is a now thing. It, it won't ever be perfected. Um, and on this side of eternity, but it's not that it's not accomplishable. And, and it's that I, you know, one way or another what and I, I'd even dare say that even if it doesn't end with the goodness of the Lord being David's complete salvation from his enemies, I think he was confident that no matter what happens, I will see the goodness of the Lord, hmm. you know, no matter how this prayer is answered, no matter how my salvation comes and everything. And I think mm-hmm. it that's a strong and, powerful perspective to have uh as we uh you know approach our lives it's a it's a great confidence in the lord my great um my great brother craig uh says the chapter could end at verse 12 many prayers end there at verse 12 um but david's praise to god and assurance continues and amen to that Mm. um and i think let's um let's stop here and praise god again just say, God, I praise you for, you know, for who you are. Not necessarily I thank you for what you've done, but I praise you for who you are. So what can, who is God that we can praise him for? I praise you, God, because you are holy. I praise God because he's still willing to teach. Hmm. You took mine, but um, yeah, second uh-huh. of that, would be, I, I praise God because he is good now mm-hmm. yeah yeah so we're we're coming towards the end of it um, um here but it doesn't it's not an ended yet and it ends in a, in a brilliant way um the um verse 14 ends with this wonderful verse um so we've we've in in the first uh, verses one through three, we see him 
um, trying to exercise confidence and exercise faith in the Lord. We see him then longing to get to the Lord because that's where his safe place is. We see him begin to pray. Um, Hear me as I pray, Lord, and, and beginning to fearfully lift up his requests. And now we've seen him confidently state, this is what I need. And throughout all of it, we see him growing in confidence, growing in confidence and growing in confidence. And here at the end of all of that, the requests, all the fear, all the anxiety, he ends with this. You see it building and building and building to this great place. I will come, I will see the Lord's goodness. And then everything stops. Wait patiently for the Lord. It takes courage and bravery to wait for the Lord. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. One of the great sins of Samuel was that he was told to wait. He did. He waited a week in uh, 1 Samuel 13. And he waited a week. He said, well, everyone's getting frustrated around me. We got to make a decision. The enemy's going to attack. It's bigger than we are anyway. I know what to do. So I'll just go ahead and make the sacrifice and do the thing that I've seen Samuel do over and over again. And he begins, it's almost like Samuel's peeking around the corner wondering, you're going to do it? I don't know. But he, he doesn't wait long enough. He doesn't wait for the Lord. And he goes ahead and he commits and he goes. And that that and others, he began to walk away from the Lord. But um, he just, he lost everything. Because um, he didn't wait patiently. He didn't wait with courage. Wait for the Lord. Is uh, Waiting can be very difficult to do. And that's why I think it takes that courage. Um, that was an interesting statement to me. Wait patient for the Lord. We've seen that in Isaiah. You know, wait upon the Lord and you'll rise with wings as eagles. You know, wait upon the Lord. But to see it here in verse 14 connected with courage and bravery, I thought, yeah, that's right. You know, um, I remember being on my face before the Lord many times when payroll, it seems like payroll kept coming every other week. I was like, I, I thought we just did this, Lord. And uh, it's coming again, you know, before I knew it. And just on my face, Lord, what can I do? And I just, he kept teaching me how to wait. And I failed at it many, many times. But man, it just took so much um, to keep trusting in God all the time over and over again. Uh, wait for the Lord. Any thoughts on waiting patiently or waiting courageously for the Lord? Uh, not an expert area in patience. <laughs> Your wife is. Though I, oh, but I am a doctor. So obviously I would like to have. Oh, patience. good. Uh, but uh, yeah. no, I mean, that is, I mean, for me personally, I, uh, yeah, I'm, patience is not a strong area for me. Uh, so I, I definitely see people who are very patient to be brave and be very courageous to, to wait, um, to not want to step in, to not want to take control, to not want to put their own agenda on it and be willing to sit, to, not to sit back and let God handle it, but to sit on the edge of my seat waiting to see what God's going to do with it. And I think there's a difference between sitting back and just watching God handle it as opposed to sitting forward and just waiting to see what God's going to do with the situation. So, yeah, that that definitely takes a lot more bravery than I always, than I have a lot of times. Mm. I definitely have the song stuck in my head now. 
Yeah. Strength yeah. arises as we wait upon the Lord, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just, it's again, it's powerful immediately following. I will see the goodness of the Lord and I will wait on the Lord. You know, it's it's such a, it's both sides of the field of the the, the follower's heart and, and the follower's life is that, you know, while we will see the goodness of the Lord, we also have to wait on the Lord. And um, it, it is, so, it, 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 it is tough um, depending on for what reasons we're waiting, for what things we're waiting for and everything. But it's always better to wait for the Lord. I hate to cut you off, um, but Doug's going to cut us off. So let me finish with this last thought. Are we, if you stop at an hour on the dot. Is that right? Try to, but hey, I mean, you know, it's, we're talking it's about just, it's about Jesus. So I mean, I, 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 we let it slide. Okay. He, he, he right. forgives us. Okay. Well, let me share this thought really quickly, and we'll see where it goes, and then we'll just see if it's time to close. But I, I did want to end with um, a question, and 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 so we end with, what am I believing the Lord for this today, and um, what what do I need to do based on what I've heard in this passage? But before we get to that, um, this part. I, I the end, the prayer ends at 13 you notice this is different this is um david pronouncing this is what i've heard or this is god answering his prayer so he's prayed all these things in this mad frenzy i'm in trouble i'm in danger i got to get to god i got to pray i want to do all these things um, I want to. I want to be there and meditate and all these things, and then uh, answer me. I'm afraid, you know. Teach me and and making his statement, and perhaps God's answer is now. This is God's voice. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Wait patiently, and so God maybe is answering right here. I don't have to say maybe because this is God's word to David somehow, but. But here, after all this frenzy and after all the prayer, God's answer is, wait. Mm. Anyway. I thought about so, that. So um, in, in this class I am, I'm enjoying um, Wesley Biblical. For those who are, are on, they are offering free tuition. They got a grant. So Wesley Biblical Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi, is offering free tuition for the summer and fall sessions. So if you just want to jump on and learn a few things, how to study the Bible, how to understand New Testament or Old Testament, which is the, kind of the track I'm on. I just need a discipleship class or I need a preaching. I need to brush up on my preaching or I want to learn about holiness. See if you can find it. Um, so Wesley Biblical Seminary and the guy's name is Elijah Friedemann, uh, like F-R-I-E-D-E-M-A-N. You can email him. I think it's Elijah.Friedemann at wbs.org edu or org or you'll find it anyway research it um so it's kind of neat um but i had this this card of how we're doing uh, bible studies it just talks about some of those things but it's intentional to say we don't just study the bible to add knowledge we study the bible to change us uh to study scripture is to be changed and so the the thought we end with maybe is what do i need to do about this what is god changing about me because of what i just read so and I challenge us to just think that through. What 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 has this challenged me to feel like I need to do or change? That's a deep question. Should have led with that one. 
probably. <laughs> we probably should open with that one. It's going to take me an hour just to figure out how to respond to that one. Yeah, think about it a second. I think for me, you know, go ahead, John. Well, I'm not as cute as John, but I'll go anyway. Um, <laughs> I guess for me, it, it I, I need to remember that that uh, just because I'm not hearing God doesn't mean God's not talking. Hmm. Uh, I mean, because it, it it shows it shows that God it reaches out in many different ways in, the, in this passage of Scripture, and that God shares these different things. And just because I may not hear Him or understand, doesn't mean that God's not trying to speak to me and trying to make a difference in my life. So maybe I need to change my perspective or my way of listening, because uh, it's not God that's changed; it's always me that's changed. God is constant; God is unchanging, and maybe it's me that's changed, and I'm not hearing it the way He's He's putting it out. So there's me for the day. John, um, I, I think I think for me it's it's that uh, you know kind of taking a perspective of verse thirteen of I'll I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land like seeing the goodness of God because I think one of the things that's very easy and I'm sure not just for myself with current events and everything is how prevalent negativity and um, just discouraging material is. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And even just recently, even just a few days ago, I had to have almost this verse one to three moment with myself in that, you know, the the view that I have of the world and God is not it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not complete. It never will be. Uh, and while that adds to what is my relationship with the Lord, you know, it, it's a reminder that the way I see it is never going to be the end of the story and that God is always doing something. He's always up to something and he's always good. Even if I don't see exactly how given what, you know, happens to be on my feed on a regular basis. So I I think I've kind of tuned into the fact that, you know, right now uh, for however long I, I need to be reminded that there, that God is good. Now God is good in spite of all of it. And um, the, the way I see it isn't the only way to see it, uh, even if it's the only way I can see it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you've been received a blessing from our time with uh, the major Cam Henderson. Uh, and we've been excited. And uh, Cam, I hope you will join us for a future broadcast of Crosstalk down the road. Um, and and yeah. uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed having you here. And it's been a great experience. And we've had a, a great time together. Can I share the website? Is yes, um, We've posted the Holiness Conference there, and we're going to continue to add a few things there. Um, um, Laura rightly said it's also on uh, Ministry Toolkit, but sadiscipleship.org. Unfortunately, what we didn't realize is it sounds like sad discipleship, but it's not. It's <laughs> sadiscipleship.org. And uh, so we put some things on there that will continue to bless you with not only the Holiness Conference, but links to the podcast and other links that the guests from our conference said, these are things that have blessed me in my spiritual life. So check that out. Yeah, there are no sad things in Florida. Say again. There are no sad things in Florida. No, all good stuff. Thanks for having me. This has been uh, really nice. I was a little anxious, so I appreciate uh, the chance to talk. So there it is, sadisciples.org. So make sure you go and check it out. They've got videos, and you'll see uh, there's the Colonel Jewett we talked about before, 
And then you'll see later all kinds of great speakers and stuff. So you don't want to miss that. And all these, and they got some great information about these people. So make sure you check that out. And we're grateful to have uh, Major Cam Henderson join us and share with us. So uh, thank you so much for bringing that. And in our usual crosstalk style, we're going to have Cam close in prayer in a minute. But don't forget, next week we're back together again. And next week, do we know our guest next week, John? I'm looking it up now. Um, I mean, I'm totally, I'm recalling it from uh, memory because I just, Chris Thomas out of Valdosta. I was just about to say our old friend, Chris Thomas kind of joins from Valdosta. We're going to be covering Psalm 34. So make sure you come out and join us. We are going to have a great time as always. Chris is always a great guest, Uh, but I don't know about you, but I've had a good time with Cam Henderson. Highly recommend you going and checking out Cam Henderson. Anything Cam does is wonderful. Uh, and so you want to be there. And even if you believe in sad discipleship, which is going to be with me for a while, uh, we're, we're just great. But thank you so much for sharing your unique perspective. Please share at least my personal love to your wife, who is one of my favorite people in the wide world. And John would love her if you got a chance to meet her and uh, all these kind of good stuff. And if you're ever over in the Augusta area, uh, if you want to play around a golf, I don't we don't have any good golf courses here. So, I mean, it's just not something. Possible. Yeah, we got good putt putt. But come and visit. We, yeah, we, we, we can't get on it. Can't even we'd look love, at it. We'd love to have you here at the Croc Center and come by and visit with us. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to let Cam close in prayer. And please join us next Thursday, February 18th, with Captain – is it Captain or Lieutenant? I think we're on Captain now. Captain <laughs> Thomas on Psalm 34. God bless you, and let's hear from Cam as he prays with us. Well, Heavenly Father, we praise you because you are our light and our salvation. Uh, without you, we're in total darkness and without you, we are uh, in death. And so we need you and, and we praise you. Thank you, God, for being our confidence. Thank you, Lord, that we can turn to you confidently and know that you are there. Thank you that we can turn to you even when we feel our, the weight of our sin. And if, as we turn to you, you uh, save us, you forgive us, you love us, and you hold us close. So teach us, Lord, to wait patiently for you. Give us courage that comes from you and bravery that comes from you to wait patiently for you. We praise you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming out of the talk. We love you. God bless you. And don't forget to tip your waitress. Thank you all.